Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. We're, um, we're going to get started here. Thank you, um, Angel, for that wonderful time of prayer. Amen. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. Um, just raise your hand. And so I want to make sure you get one. So we're going to, uh, we're going to, we've been talking about spiritual development. So how, how many were blessed by that? Amen. How many yes. enjoy Sunday service? Yes. A mask and Satan. Yes. Yes. So um, we get a lot of reports. Uh, my wonderful, I got a cousin in um, Texas that I met probably about six years ago, through social media. So social media is not a bad thing. It's, a, it's actually a good thing. And so I, I was able to discover a cousin that I didn't know I had. Well, I knew she existed, but didn't know where she was. And, and um, so she um, called me on the way here, and she said she really enjoyed that service sermon about unmasking um, Satan. And so she was blessed by it and was encouraged by it. And she's like, oh, my goodness, I just, you know. So praise God for the ability to, to minister to people outside of here. So um, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we, we will do part two of spiritual development. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for this time as we share your word. Um, grant unto me your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly may know the mysteries of the gospel. And Father, I pray for these, your people, that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so the prayer that I pray often, let's go there real quick. Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll talk about this next year, um, go into detail. But um, Ephesians chapter 1, it's a wonderful prayer. It starts with verse 15 and 16. It says, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, and he begins to talk about the prayer. And so notice that it starts out with, I've heard of your faith in Jesus and your love for all the saints. Those are the qualifications for this prayer. It's to have faith in Jesus and love for the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And this is the prayer that he prayed, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, and what are the riches of the, his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, a great power, a great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sit, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all, all, all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's a prayer that you should pray for yourself daily. I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, I've been praying that since I was a teenager. 
And this prayer, I heard a missionary actually talk about this prayer, and that's how I start praying this prayer. And so what I would do is I would incorporate um, where it says you, I would incorporate myself. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, I would say, give unto me the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. It says, I said of you, having the eyes of my understanding or my heart um, enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of to which he has called you. So you see that prayer? You see how I just did that? So incorporate that into your daily prayer. I want to challenge you to pray that, begin to pray that for yourself over and over and over and over again. I would, I would venture to say even uh, make that just a, a daily request until you go see Jesus because we need our eyes to be open. So last week we talked about spiritual development. This week we're going to talk about babyhood, of, babyhood Christianity. Babyhood Christianity. And so there are at least three stages in which the Bible speaks of um, development. And many times in the scriptures, we see the similarity between natural development and um, spiritual development. So just like you have a baby, you also have baby Christians. And then you have childhood Christians, children, right? And then you also have, um, as babies begin to be children or childhood stages, and then you have what we call manhood or adulthood. And so likewise with spiritual growth. And um, so if you have that, with that in mind, let's go to our golden text. It's 1 Peter 2. Let's go to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And let's look at verses 1 through 2. And it says, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander and like newborn infants or newborn babes, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. And it goes on to, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And so we see from the scripture, like we shared last week, likewise, as newborn babes or infants desire the sincere or pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so if you desire milk, milk is something good, right? And like we shared last week, sometimes people look down on milk, like the milk of the word, as if it's something horrible. Oh, they only teach milk over there. Well, if you, if you really have the milk of the word, you'll actually begin to grow. And so milk is not a bad thing. So milk is a natural way in which God uses, naturally speaking, uh, uh, develop the bones, and so forth of the, that baby. And so spiritual milk will do, cause you to develop and grow into this wonderful um, uh, adult of God. It, it's the beginning stages of Christianity. And I think sometimes what happens is people get saved, but they don't ever grow. They don't ever grow. They, they stay a baby 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and, and they ne they've never developed spiritually. And so we don't want to be like that. We want to develop spiritually. We want to grow. God expects us to grow. He doesn't want us to remain the same. If you're the same a year from now, um, it, it, you, you're really not doing what God has called you to do. God expects us to grow. Anything that is healthy will grow. You know, whether it's, it's, it's um, a, a plant, right? If a plant is not growing, what's going to happen? It's, it's going to die, right? And so we, we don't want to be... Um, 50, 60, 70, 80-year-old Christians who have never developed and uh, don't know the will of God, don't know how to be led, don't know how 
uh, put into practice the fruit of the Spirit, but we want to actually develop into um, successful Christians. It's one thing to be successful in the world, and we do encourage that, right? You, you, successful business, successful careers, successful spouse, and, um, um, student, and so forth, but you also want to develop spiritually be successful as a Christian. You want to be successful, and you want to know the will of God. You want to walk with God. You want to develop in humility. Um, today, I had the opportunity of, um, I have a lawyer who, um, he's a lawyer for me and for the church, but he's also um, a friend. I went to college with him, right? Of course, I'm a couple of years older than he is, and but he didn't know the difference when we were in school, and we graduated from Rutgers together, and he brought his girlfriend uh, to meet with me today, and um, he, she's a lawyer as well, <laughs> and so I was humbled at the fact that these two lawyers who are friends, well, I just met her, um, wanted to meet with me today about theological matters, and so this is not only, I mean, he, he meets with me every couple uh, months or whatever, like, hey, let's, let's meet, I got a question, you know, and, and so I'm just humbled at the fact that, you know, here from, from that background, and, and yet, I, I, I sat down with them, and, and I was able to um, share and give them some wisdom for, for whatever they're facing. But I, I brought that up to say that how, um, you know, I, I want to grow in humility. I, you know, I didn't think it was prideful. I, I, I was like, I'm humbled at the fact that you would even come to me. And so we met in the children's area. We talked. We prayed. We, you know, I gave him, of course, books. <laughs> I'm going to give him some books. Right? And so she, so she left with a bunch of books. And then I gave him a lot of recommendations, like, oh, you need to read this, you need to read this, you need to... let me slow down. <laughs> you got the ESV? <laughs> and so I, um, that's just my legacy, I guess. And so she was like, oh, no, can we pay you for these books? I said, no, it is here. But, but again, as, as a Christian, you want to develop into, um, you want to develop into the characteristics of God, such as humility, such as pureness, such as holiness, right? Um, you, uh, we don't develop more into righteousness, but we develop into the fruit of righteousness, right? You already are righteous. It's just that you, produce, you need to produce fruit. You, you also want to develop into repentance. You want to be a person who's constantly mindful, hey, I'm, when I mess up, I need to repent. I need to turn away from it. You, you want to also <coughs> grow in love. If your love walk is not, if you're not growing in love, there's a problem. And so you, you, you need to have more love, or I should say, you need to be exercising love more this year than you did last year. Forgiveness, that's part of love, right? One of the greatest things you can do for your faith, sometimes people hear faith and they hear messages of faith, is I think they, they neglect also that the faith, faith, Galatians tells us that faith worketh by love. So love is the fuel for your faith. And so that's forgiveness. Is wonderful. The wonderful passage in Mark 11, 22 through 24, talks about faith and believing that you receive. But then 25, he says, and when you stand praying, forgive. So forgiveness is a fruit of your love. Learning how to forgive people. You know, loving to believe the best of them and to let them go. And so, I mean, to, to don't hold um, anything against them or have ill feelings. And so if, you're, if you find yourself not getting your prayers answered and your faith fulfilled, Check on your love walk. How am I loving people? Am I forgiving them? Because forgiveness, unforgiveness will hinder your walk with Christ. And babies tend to, um, sometimes, not, not, not necessarily babies, but children tend to, sometimes they may have a tendency to hold on to stuff. 
You know, I remember when you, you know, I mean, one time Destin got mad at me because um, of something that happened like five years ago. I'm like, you were like two years old. <laughs> I remember this. I'm like, really? You're holding on to this? Well, you better get it right. <laughs> um, so, so this scripture tells us to desire milk as newborn babes um, so that we can grow up in salvation. You want to be a person that's constantly growing. One of the members here, the one of the oldest members here, um, not older in age, but older in, in the sense of being a member, she said to me, she says, one of the reasons I joined this church is, and she was like one of the first members when I became the pastor here, is that she says, you're always growing. You're always reading a book. You're always going to a conference. You always listen to a pastor. And, and, and I never thought about that because that's just my nature. And I think that every Christian should be growing like that. Somehow, reading, feeding yourself. Um, always, I got like a hundred Bibles, and so I got one at work. I got one on my pocket, in my pocket, not really, but in my bag, and one in my car. I'm constantly because I don't want to. I know you have the electric, I and mean, you could do that, right? You can have the e-books, but I like the physical homing. I'm not preaching against those things, but always having an opportunity to um, feed your faith. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter 4. So last week we talked about that. So this week we're going to talk about the babyhood um, stage of Christianity. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 10. Um, let's just start with verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. Paul is writing this from prison. Um, this, is called, it's, this is one of his um, epistles that he's writing from prison. And if Ephesus was a, a church that John, um, the the apostle and the disciple pastored. Mary, the mother of Jesus, actually attended this church at one time. And some historians believe that this was a, a very large church. It was like a mega church of the day. I think 150,000 at one point, this church was 150,000 members. That's pretty big. Um, I believe Rick Renner taught, um, shared that. So Ephesus was a big church. And, it, it, um, and so Mary, you know it had to be a significant church that the mother of Jesus attended this church. <laughs> I mean, I would be intimidated. <laughs> like, yo, you raised the Savior. You need to be preaching. <laughs> Let me just sit down. Um, and so Paul is writing this from prison. So verse 1 says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord. Notice that he's not just saying prison, prisoner and just throwing it out, but he's actually in prison. So he's actually a prisoner for the Lord, you know, for the cause of Christ. He said, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience. I mean, no, just that alone, uh, walking worthy of the calling of as a Christian. What are, what are you called to do as a Christian? You're called to pray. You're called to read the word. You're called to, to fast. You're called to give. You're called to be a member of a local assembly. You're called to serve the world with the love of God and the gospel. And it, got, it talks about with all humility. And so we need to grow into humility. We need, humility is not weakness. Humility is um, understanding that your dependence is upon God and that you're not boasting of yourself or your own gifts, but you're humble. Um, with humility and gentleness, and then and, and it throws in with patience. I mean, a bit patience is something that we have to work on and we have to allow to develop. And so patience should be one of those things that you allow, that you grow in, learning how to be patient. Uh, and then it says, bearing with one another in, in love, um, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of the peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God and Father of all, who is of over all and through all in all. But, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. So each one of us has a grace according to the gift in which Christ has given us. So you are called to something specific, and according to that calling, God, Christ has given you grace to function in that calling. Uh, what you don't want to do is walk into another person's calling or try to do something that you're not called to, but you want to magnify that call. Sometimes Christians want to rush right into that, but it takes time. It takes development. Let's be faithful with what we have. Been faithful. I mean, some I, I, for some people are not just they're not faithful in church. They don't attend church on a regular basis. They're not faithful in reading their Bible. Not faithful in prayer. Not faithful in witnessing. You start where you are and allow God to develop. Um, years ago, even as a teenager and even as a kid, I would witness. I was always witnessing, passing out tracks. Every single Saturday, my youth pastor took me to Camden. Right? I went to Camden, New Jersey. Camden, New Jersey. I went to Camden, and I was witnessing. I was handing out food, preaching Jesus, and we had a bullhorn, and we were like loud. <laughs> and we're like, come to Jesus. You need to repent. <laughs> and, and, and we did that week where the rain, snow, sleep. And one of the things that my parents used against, um, which is not right, but in order to punish me, it's like, you're not going with your youth pastor, so you better, you better do your homework. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> um, and so I had to make sure. Um, I did that. And then I, as I was faithful with that, I began to have Bible study at my parents' house. Got permission from my parents, got permission from my pastor, and I began to do a Bible study with all the teenage friends. They would come, sit around my parents' room, and I would teach Kenneth e. Hagin's materials <laughs> and, 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 and pray for deliverance for all of them. <laughs> come out, in Jesus' name. Uh, and um, and so, so here... Um, we talk about the grace that was given us. And then it goes on, verse 8, it says, Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. So Christ gave gifts to the body of Christ. And in saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he may fill all things. And then it goes on, he says, he gave and this is what we call the fivefold ministry gifts. He gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers, fivefold ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Now, not everybody's called to one of those offices. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see that one of us we we have one, we are called to one of those 12 administrative gifts or government gifts. But here it's called the fivefold ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we'll get into that next year about what each, each one of these ministry gifts um, do and, and what, how can you recognize. A lot of times what people call apostles today, they're not really apostles. They just have the name. You know, uh, some prophets are not really prophets. Just because you have a simple gift of prophecy doesn't mean that you're a prophet. Just because you can speak a, a word and, you know, I was doing that as a teenager, prophesying to people and it was coming to pass. Um, I, I, one of my high school friends, y'all heard me tell this story. Um, he called me um, about 12 years ago and he, he, uh, we had talked, we had talked, we reconnected on Facebook and he, him and his wife were trying to have a baby and they couldn't have a baby. And, and uh, so he's like, I, I remember you from high school being a man of God. I just want you to pray with me. 
And so I prayed with him, and I got a word of wisdom. I said, listen, let me tell you something. In nine months, you'll call me with some good news. And I said, so go do what you got to do and call me back. And in a couple months, he called me and says, oh, my God, my wife is pregnant. Oh. And then he then turned around, and in nine months, they had the baby. And the baby is about seven or eight now. And, and that's the joy of his life. And I'm telling you, he, um, he was like, and he starts sending money to the church, just religiously. And then he's like, okay, I need you to do that again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just didn't do that. God gave that to me. So I prayed. I was like, uh, I don't get no word. You ain't got no word. No, I don't have a word. Um, you know, just you got to develop your faith. <laughs> he was like, come on, do it again. Come on, you can do it again. I was like, uh, that was a special gift to God. I, I can't just turn it on. Um, and so I, I just want to encourage you to look for opportunities in which God can use you. Um, let's look at verse 12. It says, to equip the saints. So you got these five-fold ministry gifts. They're called to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And it says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. So y'all see that, right? Mature, uh, to, to mature into manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitfulness schemes, or rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And it goes on, it says, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is equipped, which it is equipped when each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it may build itself up in love. So we see from the scripture that Christ expects us to grow up into him. We need to grow up. It's growing time, right? We need to grow, grow. And so God's given these ministry gifts to equip us to do the work of ministry. But then he also turns around. He's, he's expecting us to obtain to the unity of the faith as the body of Christ. Grow in the knowledge of the Son of God. You need to be growing in your knowledge of who Jesus is. Need to know who Jesus is. And it goes on and says, until you um, mature into manhood or adulthood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God expects you to be a mature Christian one day. So no matter where you are right now, make a decision that you're going to grow. And so uh, I want to talk about some characteristics of babyhood, some characteristics of babyhood Christianity. One of the things that you think about um, a baby, we think about innocence. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says that if, let's go over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, babyhood Christianity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 simply says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So if you're, in, if you're in Christ today, you are a brand new creation, something that never existed before. So one of the things as, as we think about the characteristics of a babyhood is that the innocence, a baby doesn't have a past. Have you thought about that? A baby doesn't have a past. There's nothing in the past that can be compared. The baby has a, a clean slate. 
starts out be like, hey, I'm here. And, and so if anyone is in Christ, as people come and receive Jesus, they become a brand new creation. And do you know they stand before God Almighty even as Adam and Eve did before the fall. They stand as clean before God as Adam and Eve did prior to them falling. So God looks upon them and he sees nothing of their past. Their past has passed. All things are new and they're brand new creation. They have so they become a babe in Christ. And God expects that expect that baby to be cared for. So one of the reasons why a baby should join a church or when a baby, somebody gets saved is so that they can have um, leaders and, and saints to walk with them, to pray with them, to, to cover them. And when they, dis, when they fall away, well, babies fall, right? Think that's another characteristic. A baby will fall. And if baby's trying to walk or first it starts trying to crawl, they're going to fall. And so um, as, as other Christians, they be, need to get around that baby and help them get back up. I, I remember, you know, um, being a youth pastor, pe um, um, young people would get saved, and then the next day they would cuss, you know, or they would fornicate. They would go back. It doesn't mean that they weren't saved. It's just they're their babies, right? You can expect it from babies to, to you know, <laughs> let me just go back into the world. And so as Christians, we got to go after babies, you know, and we can't expect babies to develop on their own. And so you got to be intentional with babies. You got to help them to understand. One of the things that I want to implement here is that, I mean, we've started a little bit, but not really full force. And we're going to do this in 2020. Um, one of the things that what happened with my wife, she got saved at, in college. Prior to that, she didn't, you know, she grew up Catholic, but Catholic that didn't really go to church. Right. And so. She got saved in college, and, and um, I'm going to just give you a testimony about that real quick. I believe that I'm trying to calculate the time that she got saved. Um, I, some of y'all have met my best friend, uh, Pastor Brad Campbell. Um, they call him the white PD, right? <laughs> and so him and I were uh, roommates, and his brother, and there's a young lady that I was really, really like a whole lot. And, um, and so... Um, she, she didn't like me, but she used me to get to him. <laughs> Long story short, um, they kind of start dating or whatever. And, and then, so I was like, man, I was hurt. I was like, wait a minute. You, gonna, you know I like this girl. What are you doing to me? You're killing me. And so, um, so I was just like, you know what? Let me just be mature. I'm a, you know, whatever. And so um, a friend of mine came to me. And he prophesied. He's like, yo, God is preparing your wife even now. And, um, you know, don't worry about the situation. God got you. And I think it was around the same time that Courtney got saved, you know, and that God was preparing her. And, and I say, Lord, God is good. And kind of found out that girl was crazy. <laughs> so, God, so he had to deal with that. I was like, Jesus loves me. Rejection is God's protection. <laughs> God was protecting me because I would have been all the way in like, yo. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. She's fatal attractions. is crazy stuff. And so <laughs> he couldn't get rid of her. <laughs> I said, Lord, you saved me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Lord is good. That's a true story. And so, so she, she's, but I, I'm just saying that sometimes God is preparing you for something that you don't even realize. 
And so God's prepared. So she got saved. So let me get back to her story. So she got saved. Um, and in college, she, she was singing in the gospel choir. And um, so she was singing a song, one of the songs that they, they were um, singing in the choir. And, and she started thinking about the lyrics. And in her dorm, she bowed down and received Jesus. And that, the name of the song called Jesus Saves by Marvin Winans. And so she's, she, sung, she was singing that, and she just thought about it. She says, man. And she bowed down, got accepted, and received Christ. And then the next Sunday, she went to church, a Baptist church, Spirit-filled Baptist church, and she walked down the aisle, made a public confession that she belonged to Jesus. And what that church did is assign a prayer warrior with, to her for a whole year. And they, they called every week, prayed for her, and, walk, and answer any biblical questions, and she said that changed her entire life. So we try to implement something like that. And so with that, with babies, you need someone to walk with you because a baby cannot take care of itself, cannot feed itself, and, and baby will, you know, a baby will put everything in their mouth. And, and that, that brings us to another, um, uh, another characteristics of a baby is ignorance. A baby is ignorant. A baby will actually put uh, fingernail polish in their mouth. Will put there was a baby 14 months that put um, found some spoiled food, put it in, ate the spoiled food, end up dying. So babies, you know, they go out to the um, the outlets, you know, different stuff. A baby is ignorant. They don't know the difference with right and wrong. They don't know. They don't understand. Um, how dangerous is it? They'll run out into the middle of the street if you know if you're not watching. They'll they'll lock themselves in the toilet in the bathroom. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And so, um, ignorance is a major key uh, when it comes to the baby. Um, Ephesians chapter four. Let's go back to Ephesians four. Let's look at this. Ephesians four thirteen. Um, the innocence. Ephesians chapter four verse thirteen. Um, Ephesians chapter four verse thirteen says this. Um, it says, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature uh, manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So and with that ignorance, a, a baby will actually um, begin to read. No, I'm sorry. Will, will, um, th- the baby is not aware of something that's poisonous. And sometimes as a newborn Christian, we read some of anything. And you have to be careful about which books you read. Sometimes you don't need to read everything. Don't read everything that says Christian on it, right? Don't listen to every sermon. I mean, you can get jacked up in your mind if you get hooked up to the wrong doctrines. And so we need to make sure, unless you're spiritually mature, you, certain books you don't need to read. You don't need to expose yourself to because they can mess you up spiritually. And there's books that I never heard, never forget to heard of a minister that I, I, I really respected. Uh, when he was alive, he actually said there was books that he read that damaged his faith for years and years and years. And so there's things you can read. It's easy to learn something, but it's harder to unlearn it. So you got to be careful what you expose yourself. So as babies, you need to walk with that baby. As a baby, you need to make sure that they're getting the right diet, right? You got, you know, I know sometimes uh, my wife will do a smoothie. Uh, make it taste real good because she wants to get some green stuff into the little baby, right? Make sure because otherwise he just won't eat it. Sometimes she'll make it into a soup because he likes soup. 
And so she's making this, hey, look at the soup, hey. And she, one time she tricked me. She, I don't like mushrooms. I hate mushrooms. I mean, I really do. And so she fried them and made it into some, taste like some um, chicken. And she said, how do you like that chicken? I was like, it's good. It's good. And then later on, after I ate it, she was like, you know that was mushrooms, right? I was like, what? This is that one you got me. <laughs> and it was like some fake, you know, it, it tasted like chicken. And so sometimes um, you got to be careful. I mean, you got to help a baby to read the right stuff. Help them to, you know, read in the Bible with them and so forth. And so that's one of the characteristics of, of babyhood is making sure um, um, you got innocence, um, also ignorance, uh, a baby will be iterable. I mean, it will be um, well at times be frustrated, and so you, you know sometimes can't, the baby can't sleep at night, and so you got to make sure that um, bring comfort. Sometimes when you know, as you know, when you get saved, it's, it, it is you become it becomes a war, right? You enter into a war zone, and so things don't always go right, right? Sometimes people get saved thinking that, oh, life is easy. I'm with Christ. But actually, you just enter into a war zone. And so a baby will get frustrated and says, wait a minute. I gave my life to Christ. Why, is, why are things going the opposite, right? And so you, gotta, so, so you need to bring comfort to that baby. Know that, hey, um, you still upset. You know, you still upset over this. I mean, a baby will be frustrated and upset over you know, it could be the, you know, the temperature is not right. Um, the baby could get upset over um, the food, may not like the food, and so forth. So you got to, you know, there are things that, and it's important as we talk about this, next week we'll talk about childhood. As we talk about the different stages of Christianity, um, it's important that you locate yourself. Is it that, um, do you find yourself getting frustrated at the smallest thing? You know, that's, what, that's a baby Christ. Get frustrating. Um, let's go over to 1 Corinthians. We touched, we touched this last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. And here we are. It says this. 1. But I, brothers and sisters could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food. I mean, with a baby, you can't give them solid food, right? You can't give them a steak, right? Because they'll choke on that steak. You, sometimes you have to take that food and you chew on it. That's what we do down south, right? You chew on it and you get it taken out of your mouth and, um, and give it to them. For you were not ready for it. Even now, you're not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. So a baby is very selfish. Another characteristic of a ba- of a babyhood Christianity is very self-centered. It's everything about me. Lord, you listen to a baby pray, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless my family. Lord, give me, you know, me, 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 me. They're not praying for the nations. <laughs> They're interceding not for the laws. They're interceding for themselves. Lord, oh, Lord, give, give me this job. They, it's, it's easy for them to get kicked out of faith. Or, or let's say that instead of, um, why didn't God answer this prayer? You know, uh, they will be very self-centered. Instead of understanding that I need to learn contentment, I need to develop patience, right? A baby is not patient. A baby wants what they want right now. 
Give it to me now, now, now. I get this poop off of me now. You know, I, I, I'm hungry now. A baby is it's very self-centered. And so one of the things you have to check yourself, if you find yourself very self-centered, maybe you're a babe in Christ. So one of the things you have to do is locate yourself. It's nothing wrong with locating yourself. It is wrong to stay a baby forever. But what's wrong is if you don't know where you are. You got to know where you are. Am I a babe? I'm a child or am I maturing, right? Amen. So here it says, I couldn't speak unto you as, uh, as, as mature individuals but as, because you're carnal. Let, let's take a look at some more. Verse 3 it says, for you are still of the flesh, for while there's jealousy, strife, so one of the things a baby will have is jealousy. They'll get jealous over the fact that um, maybe God blessed somebody else and not them. They prayed, right? They prayed for something, and, and they didn't get their prayers answered as quickly. A strife among you. and says, are you still not of the flesh, behaving not only in a human way? For when one say, I follow Paul, another, I follow Apollos, and, you, and, and are you not being mere humans, merely humans? And so one of the things about a babe, they will be, per, they will be attached to personality. They, a, a, a baby Christian cannot receive from anyone. They, they, are, they, they want their mom, they want their dad, they want somebody familiar. And they measure everything by that personality. Whoever brought them into the faith and whatever culture was that environment, that's what they're looking for. They don't want to be uncomfortable, right? And so you got to be careful. A babe will be attached to a personality of the minister instead of the word. So you can, as a mature Christian, you can receive the word from a person, whether they're excited or maybe they're monotone. And they're just flat-footed and just don't move, don't have no expression, no, no passion. And you're like, I can receive from them. It doesn't mean that a person is unanointed because they're not charismatics or, you know, like really, ah, yes, yes, yes. It doesn't mean that they're not, and that doesn't mean the person is anointed just because they do that. We've seen people get excited and yell and jump and nothing is there. It's just like, it's fluff. A baby doesn't know the difference between a fluff and the real thing. And so as Christians, we got to understand you know what, let, let me develop beyond that minister. Let me, in a sense of let me not just get attached to their style of preaching. Because really it's not the style or the personality, it's about the content. You know, what is it that I'm listening to? Is it, is it the word? And I think, again, we got to go back, what is it that we're hearing? Our favorite preachers, you know, some of our favorite preachers are people, preachers, I don't like to call them celebrity preachers, but they are well-known through podcasts, through YouTube. So what is it about that person that you like? Is it really what they have to say, or is it their illustrations? I know some, I'm thinking about a pastor right now. He, he, oh, he's just the bum illustration. You know, he, I mean, he can illustrate every, anything. He's always in a jogging suit. He's always working out. I'm like, hey, this is great. But what, what about the content, right? What, what are you saying? What do you say? One pre preacher, I'll never forget this. I had an argument uh, when I was a youth pastor with um, the, the um, staff, and the preacher said that Jesus, it, 
they, they begin to describe Jesus and they said that the death of Jesus and they begin to say that Jesus died um, not as the son of God, but as a prostitute. And he died as the homosexual. He died as, as the pimp. He, I mean, they begin to, and I'm like, this is error. And everybody in the arena went crazy. I said, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is error. If he didn't die as the son of God, we are lost. <laughs> you know, I, I did not. I did not tell him that because I didn't have access to him. You know, but I told the staff, and they got mad at me, and was like, "You're just stuck," and he just. But but we got to make sure we're preaching the word, right? And it's not just motivational. You know, it's not just about you fulfilling your destiny. I think every message that I'm hearing, like a lot, not every message, uh, online, like from well-known preachers, it's like, oh, you, God's going to get you through. You know, God's going to bless you. And they always talk about haters. I mean, Jesus talks about haters a little bit, but it wasn't, it's not a major thing. Like, that's expected. You're expected to have haters, right? Because you follow Jesus. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. But then you focus on the haters more than just, what, who is Jesus? Are you preaching Jesus? Are you preaching the word? Are you talking about the kingdom of God? And so we got to make sure, measure and say, am I really being fed the word of God? You know, am I really, do I have milk? Do I have solid meat? Or am I really developing? Do I know this Jesus better than I did prior to that message? Or am I more apt to become a better version of myself? You know, so, so those are things that we have to look for. So those are some of the characteristics of, of, of babyhood Christianity attached to a personality, innocence, ignorance. You know, um, um, being frustration, frustrated, um, being selfish, self-centered. A baby is very self-centered. Feed me now. Take me. I'm sleepy now. I, I, want, I, I, I want mommy. I want daddy. I want n- nanny. I, you know, I want now. Right? We got we, we to make sure. Our, our, am I a baby? You know. Father, I thank you for this time and I praise your name. And I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.